morning, everyone. It is lovely to see you this morning. Um, it is warm. But you know, it's only one Sunday a year. You know, you're probably familiar with this, that the Collins Dictionary publishes a word of the year. Can anybody remember what it was in 2022? And you didn't, I didn't tell you that, did I? I am booming, I think. Am I booming? Yeah, if we can just bring that back a bit. The word was permacrisis. The combination of permanent and crisis. And I read this definition. Permacrisis is a term that perfectly embodies the dizzying sense of lurching from one unprecedented event, and there's been a lot of unprecedented events, to another as we wonder bleakly what new horrors might be around the corner. <laughs> Permacrisis. Back in Celebration Sunday in June, I shared uh, just a reflection from a great talk I heard back in April at our National Leaders Conference by a guy called Ed Stetzer. Um, he's a researcher, a Christian missiologist. He shared about six pandemics. And the first one is obvious, disease. Click, there we go. But there's also distrust in culture. We've been told for the last 50, 60 years that things will keep getting better. The last 10 years has blown that up. Um, there's damage from technology, disorientation in identity, disruption to mental health, and division in Christianity. A couple of weeks ago, I was listening to, um, it's actually a brilliant podcast, it's called Being Human, and, and it's produced by the Evangelical Alliance, and it's a whole project that they're running, including the podcast, but also materials exploring the question, what does it mean to be human? And that is just probably the big question in our culture right now. What does it mean to be human? And so there were two people that host that, Joe Frost and Pete Linus, they both happen to be part of Vineyard Churches, but they work for the EA. And what they spoke about was three big cultural narratives right now. And this is the quick pricey. Firstly, there is a secular narrative that says there is no God. So 500 years ago, it was unthinkable not to believe in God. Now, it is unthinkable to believe in God. And so that's where that narrative goes and where it ends up with a lot of doubt at the center of our stories. The second narrative is expressive individualism. Because we can no longer, or the narrative goes, you can't trust what is around you, what's left is to turn inwards. And we look inwards for truth. So we turn in, it becomes all about me. You do you, I'll do me, and the self is the primary unit of concern. So that drives consumerism in our world today. And so then the third narrative, the third big narrative, is the postmodern story. And what that says is we actually all have our own truth. Because you're looking inside for truth, you have yours, I have mine. And that is coupled with an increasing wariness of authority and voices from the outside. Because it's my truth, I'm not going to listen to what is around me. And what that leads people to do is to deconstruct things. So people deconstruct family, marriage, the church, gender, education. It leads to deconstruction. How many of you have played Jenga? This is a little Jenga tower. And this could go badly wrong. <laughs> but you know there are times when you're playing Jenga 
and there is that, you know it is going to fall. Gosh, I'm doing well so far. This is taking longer than I thought. And it does that, right? You know there's that moment where that is going to happen. That is what the world feels like to many people right now. A permanent, heightened sense of anxiety. That things could come crashing down. Now, before we lose hope, I believe that Jesus has much to say to us in this moment, in this cultural moment. And today is Vision Sunday in the life of our church. So if you're a part of our church community, that's where we're going. You should have hopefully knew that. Um, if you're visiting us today, you're very welcome. If you're here and you'd say, well, I, I, I'm not a follower of Jesus. I'm just exploring. You are so welcome. And I hope that what you hear is helpful to you. Vision Sunday, here is one of the things that I believe that Jesus wants us to hear. If you have a Bible, could you turn to the book of Ephesians in the New Testament? Ephesians chapter 6 I'm going to frame our time today just with this like verse and a little bit, verse 13 and the first bit of verse 14. This is what the Apostle Paul writes. He says, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm. That is the phrase I'm going to say quite a lot this morning. Stand firm. In this cultural moment, stand firm. So Vision Sunday, things are going to be a little bit different. I'm going to share just a few thoughts from this text. Then I'm going to share some other things that we sense the Lord speaking to us as a church community. Uh, Rob is going to share um, a few things. And then um, we will have an opportunity to pray. Importantly, what we're doing today is not sharing a new vision. Okay? This is simply some things that we feel an emphasis from the Lord right now. This is part of an existing vision. To worship God, love others, be Jesus in the world. That is what we believe Jesus has called us to be and to do. But the emphasis that we sense for this year is stand firm. Stand firm. Three things I want to share from this text. Firstly, there is a battle. I hope that hasn't escaped you. If you're familiar with this text, you know that Paul talks about an armor. You don't need an armor if there is no threat. This section of scripture tells us that there is a spiritual battle raging around us. It's not against flesh and blood but it's against spiritual rulers and authorities and dark powers. Forces that would bring disorder and disorientation and confusion and chaos. Doesn't that sound like those cultural narratives that I've just shared? I don't know about you, but in the face of these cultural narratives, I often feel out of my depth. I often feel under-equipped. There's good news for us this morning, friends. God has what we need. God has what we need. Paul writes about the armor of God. Not the armor of Paul, not the armor of Rob, not the armor of Sunday, not your own armor, but the armor of God. And that should just remind us that everything that we need comes from him. 
not from ourselves, not from our own intellect or any other resources that we might have. What we need comes from God. But thirdly, we need to take hold of what he has for us. This is making a simple point. Armor is useless unless you put it on. Unless we take hold of what Jesus has for us, it's really of no use to us. We have to take hold of what he has for us so that we can stand and stand firm. We need to take hold of what he has for us. Now, how we stand is really important. Let me just take us to the sporting arena very quickly. And if you like rugby, England got away with one yesterday. <laughs> I don't know how we did that. Cricket. It's all in the footwork. Okay? If you listen to cricket commentary and someone gets out, most often the commentator will say, didn't move their feet. It's all in the footwork. Or so much of it is in the footwork. Tennis. Coco Goff won the US Open yesterday. Amazing. Amazing. What you'll see if you watch tennis, it's so much is in the feet. If your feet aren't in the, wrong, in the wrong place, you can't play your shots. It's in the feet. Some of you will know that Bethan and I like doing a little bit of mountain walking. We, um, we were up in the Italian Alps this uh, past year, uh, past summer. And we were on the slopes of the Matterhorn, which is between Italy and Switzerland, and we'd gone up to one of the high refuges, and then we were on our way down, and we found ourselves on this path that we rather would not have found ourselves on. It was about a maximum of one meter wide, with pretty steep drops both sides. And we didn't stop to take a photo. <laughs> I'm just looking straight at Footwork. It's about your footwork. And so one of the things that I believe the Lord is speaking to us and encouraging us is to think about how are we going to stand? And we stand on two feet, two legs, two boots, two feet. And there are two things that I believe the Lord is prophetically speaking to us in this moment. Two things that we need to be particularly standing on. The first is scripture. And the second is our connection with one another. Scripture and connection. Let me just dive into those. If we want to stand firm in this moment of cultural turmoil and discombobulation, we have to deepen our lives in Scripture. That, that scripture is what is going to secure us. And it starts with engaging with the Bible each day, having that as a habit. This term's teaching series, we are going to walk through the book of Ephesians systematically over the next three months. So that is where we're going on our Sunday teaching series. And what we've done is we've prepared this Bible reading plan. There are paper copies on the table at the back. But there are also, if you're on our mailing list, there will be an email in your inbox at 1 p.m. today with the digital version of this reading plan. And I just want to encourage you that this may be something that you want to take hold of. All it does over the next six weeks, it goes through the six chapters of Ephesians over the first six days of the week. And on the seventh day of the week, what I'm going to do is encourage us to read through the whole of the book of Ephesians in one go, ideally out loud. Okay? And the re it'll take you about 20 minutes. 
The reason I'm going to suggest that is a couple of reasons. It's a letter. It was written as one letter. The chapter breaks were not there. So if you think about if you get a message from somebody, and you say, you know what, I'm going to read the first couple of sentences and then put it down for a couple of weeks, you kind of think, that's a bit odd. <laughs> that's not how we deal with email or cards or letters, is it? You, you, you read it. That's how it is designed to be read. Reading it out loud is also how it would have been first received, and very clever people will tell us that if you want to get something into you, you need to hear it. Audible hearing is incredibly important. So that's what I'm going to encourage. If you take hold of this, that once a week, for those six weeks, read the whole book in one go out loud. So it takes you about 20 minutes. Those are at the back. For some here this morning, this may be the day you say, you know what, I'm going to read through the whole Bible in this next year. And so grabbing hold of the Bible in one year app would be a brilliant thing to do. And the last thing I'm going to just share with us as we think about Scripture is in October, we are launching something called Vineyard Theological Training here at Riverside. Vineyard Theological Training is resourced by Vineyard Churches in the UK and Ireland. It is 10 brand new filmed theological training modules. We're going to run the first of those modules this term. Um, it is called The Story of the New Testament. Um, it's going to be on eight Wednesday evenings starting from October the 11th. There are a whole lot more details um, and sign-ups and the booking. There's a cost of £30 for each module. You can find that at riversidevineyard.com forward slash theology. Um, and I would encourage you, for those that want to go deeper than we're able to go in places like Sundays and in our small groups, then this will be a great space to find yourself in. Come and talk to myself. Come and talk to Emilio. We would love to share more with you about that. So that's the first thing, standing firm on Scripture. Second thing is standing firm in connection with other followers of Jesus. My belief is, is that being here once a month or once a week is not enough. It's not enough. That we need deeper connections. And so in this church, the way that that works is through being part of a small group or a tri-group and being part of a team. That's how those connections work. So what I want to do, I want to invite you all if you're a member of our church community here, to grab one of these cards. They're around on your seat. Some of you are already using them as fans. But could you grab one of these? They look exactly like this. Grab one of these. Grab a pen. Because I'm going to invite you um, just to, to make an, a commit, commitment between you and the Lord this morning. You'll see on, this, uh, on the reverse side of this little card here, there is on the left-hand side an opportunity to just make a commitment between yourself and the Lord. And I'm going to encourage you just to tick the boxes that you want to commit to and then take that piece of paper home and put it somewhere where it will remind you of what you're intending to do. So, for example, if you're saying, I'm going to engage daily with the Bible, tick. If you're going to grab hold of the Ephesians reading plan, tick. If you're going to say, you know what, I'm going to read the Bible in a year, tick. I'm going to explore the Vineyard Theological Training Module, tick. 
What, what, are you, what are you wanting to commit to? And then in the area of connection, I'm going to be part of a Sunday service each week. Tick. I'm going to be part of a small group, a tri-group. I'm going to be part of a team. What are the commitments that you are making with the Lord this morning? I'm going to invite you just to, this is between you and the Lord. On the other side of the form, if you need help, we would love to help you. But that's going to take, you know, you letting us know. So, for example, if you need a Bible, we would love to make sure that you've got a Bible. There is a whole table of Bibles at the back this morning. They are just five pounds. But if uh, you can't afford that, come and let one of us know. If you need a Bible in another language, we would love to help you. So just tick that box. If you're interested in the theological training, tick that box. If you need some help finding a team, a small group, or a tri-group to be a part of, tick that box. And then all you need to do, take that bit home, and Rob's going to pass some baskets around now. Put that other half in a basket, and then we will reach out to you and help you. Okay? Does that make sense? It made sense to three people. <laughs> Is that okay? We would love just to help you to stand firm on Scripture and to stand firm in connection with other people. So those are going to go around. I'm going to carry on. There's a few other things that the Lord is inviting us into this year that I just want to uh, share with us. So let me just run through a few things. The first is in the area of additional need support. Uh, we shared some of this back in April and May um, around some of the developments we we're wanting to make in terms of uh, um, physical spaces and resources um, to support particularly children and youth with additional needs. Um, work has started on those spaces. Um, and, and one of the pieces of news I want to share this morning is that we are delighted uh, to let you know that Becky Harbour, who some of you have already met, um, she is joining um, our church community here as a ministry student. What that means is uh, we are supporting Becky over these next few years as she studies for a theology degree with WTC, that's Westminster Theological Centre, so she's doing a theology degree with them, and she's also going to be giving us as a church here one day a week to help us grow and develop the way that we serve children and youth with additional needs. She has a lot of expertise and skill in that area, and so we are delighted about that. If you bump into Becky, please encourage her. Secondly, we're sensing a call to intimacy. For us in the vineyard, worship is our highest priority. The vineyard was birthed in worship, particularly sung musical worship. We were birthed in intimate worship. And so that's one of the things we're just sensing just the Lord you know, calling us back to. And the worship night next Sunday evening, I would encourage you to come along to that. Just a deeper space. There is more time in the evening than we have at our morning services. So we can go deeper. So I would encourage you towards that. The third thing is serving the next generation. It seems to me that the Lord is stirring something among our youth and our young people at the moment. There is something going on. Over the last two weeks, I have now heard 10 stories of teenagers 
giving their yes to Jesus for the first time. Either, which is just wonderful. So some of that is on, on the Thursday night youth that runs here. Some of that is out on high street outreaches. So there is something that we have seen stirring over recent months that we have shared about. There, there seems to me that there is a growing hunger for God's presence. There is a growing hunger for living in the way that God wants to live. There is a hunger to live in a way that is counter to these cultural narratives. There is something going on amongst our young people and young adults. And so those, that worship night next Sunday, that's going to be led by a whole bunch of our young leaders. I'm also just really pleased to let you know this morning that, again, a bunch of you will know Jacob Bulldog. Um, he's one of our young leaders. He is starting a leadership year with us, I think starting this week. And he's going to be part of the Vineyard College here at the Riverside campus. Um, and he's also going to be serving in the areas of worship and kids and youth ministry. So again, if you see Jacob, would you encourage him? Cheer him on. He, he's, he's a great lad. He, he is, he's, he's one of those people that just loves to serve. And I, one of the things that I see, I, he's not here, is he? So I can embarrass him. He's in Staines. He's leading in Staines today, leading worship in Staines. One of the, I'm going to share this, but you mustn't share this with him. <laughs> you know that narrative which says it's all about me and the self is the primary unit of concern, and that fuels consumerism in our world. The antidote for that is a servant heart. Jacob is one of those people. He just loves to serve. So encourage him this year. Encourage him. Fourth thing, expanding compassion. We've sensed for a number of months now that the Lord is inviting us to change in order to grow. And so again, I, I, need, to, I need you to be um, keeping this secret for the next hour. Because the Stains site don't know yet. <laughs> but they will do within the next hour. That we are, we, we've spoken before about setting up a partnership with Runnymede Food Bank um, that has a number of sites in the Runnymede borough. Um, we are about to start that partnership with them to set up a food bank in Staines. So that is going to be starting in October with training and launching in November. So <laughs> compassion is at the heart of what we do in this church. And so delighted that the side in Staines has got an expression um, that is bubbling up there. But, you know, there is always more that we can do. If you've ever thought for one second about compassion ministry, you kind of think, well, there's this need and this and this and this. There is always more. There are other groups of people that we would love to serve better. And, and there are some groups that are on our mind. We would love to serve asylum seekers and refugees more deeply than we do right now. Let me just share a story from the past week. There's a lady that's been just slightly connected with our church community. She was um, going through the home office process, um, and she got, um, about a couple of weeks ago, she got her leave to remain, which is amazing. The problem is, in order to transfer from that into the council support that she needs, you get made homeless. And she has a one-year-old baby. And if it wasn't for Miriam and Emilio, this lady and her one-year-old baby would have been put out on the street. But they intervened and got her accommodation and then helping that process of getting the support 
that she needs. That is just one example of what we would love to do to better serve in that area. And so if that is something that it stirs in your heart, that whole kind of asylum seeker, refugee, and what we might do to support that, then we would love to hear from you. You know, come and chat to myself or Rob or someone that you've seen around. We would love to hear from you. And, and the fifth thing, and then I'm just going to hand over to Rob. Um, the fifth thing that we just feel the Lord speaking to us about is advancing sites. We, we love that we have sites now in Feltham here and, and in Staines. This is an ongoing journey for us as a church. And I would love, to you, love you to join us as we pray for what's next. And that could be a third location, a third geographical site. Or one of the things that I'm wondering and praying about, I wonder whether a specific language site might be the next step for us. And maybe that is something the Lord is stirring in you today. Rob. Thanks, Andy. Hi, everyone, again. Um, I just wanted to start just by sharing this picture that I received this morning. Wow. I don't know if anyone knows where that is. That is sunrise at the Sea of Galilee this morning, today. And um, so my parents were on a bit of a holiday of a lifetime and kind of visiting there. And that's what, that's what landed in my WhatsApp this morning. I was just like blown away by it. And I think it's, it's one of those really important places in Scripture, isn't it? It's the place where Jesus called many of his followers towards him. It's where he preached the good news. It's where he walked on water. And then after he, was, after he was crucified and he rose again, it's where he made breakfast for his disciples. And then do you remember that story of him walking along the beach with Peter? You know, and, and just that moment of like, of just, I, I just love that story. Just the way that, that, I can just imagine Jesus kind of like with his arm around Peter and just walking along and just like reminding him of what he's done but reminding him of what he's called to. And it's that sense of change and transformation that happened in Peter in that moment that changed the world that we know. You know, changed the church. It started the church that we, we know and we love. And, and, and I just sense for, for many of us that this is a time of year where we think about a new start. If you, if you start any studies, you kind of like, you'll open up a blank page in a book. Do you remember that when you were back at school? Do you remember that moment of just like, ah, oh, clean page, I can write in there. It's a new start. And I think for many of us, this is a moment to change. Church life has been hard these last few years. But I'm really passionate. I'm really excited that we get to make a change in our lives. And this is one of those moments, I believe. I really believe that passionately. You know, we can, we can learn lots of things in our own, but if we want to grow, we need our feet on firm ground and we need to be in community with others. Um, and there are just two things that I want to share with you that I'm really excited about this morning. And then I'm going to hand back to Andy and we'll, we'll, we'll spend some time praying and stuff. But, um, you know, we love this Feltham site. So Kathy and I have the privilege of being site pastors for this site here. And we, we love that. But we can't do that on our own. We have an incredible team that support us. So you've seen Alloreen this morning. You've seen Michael and Sophie and Kendi, our, our service pastors that support us in leading and providing leadership for us. All. Um, but I'm, I just really want to tell you about some new service pastors. 
that. And, and I, I'm really sorry, I haven't got any pictures or anything, unless Andy dropped anything into slides. I haven't been around a lot the last few weeks, so I'm just going to blame it on that. But I want, I'm really delighted to tell you, we have four new service pastors. And those service pastors are Nikki and Manish. Yeah. And Stephanie and Emeka. Okay. So... These guys are amazing, and you'll have, you may well have heard each one of them preach over the summer as well, and they are just, I'm, I'm so excited to be serving alongside them. They have so much to, to offer each one of us, and they have such an incredible heart to serve Jesus and to, and to make Jesus known in this world, so I'm really excited for that. So that, that's one way that, you know, just like, you know, when we come on Sundays, there's just this sense of community and, and just, I love being here. I've met, I've, I've been, this is, I haven't been here for like five weeks and I've really missed it. It's like just that sense of community that we have is so stunning. But we also, you know, Andy alluded to that as well. We need to connect with other people at a deeper level. And that's why things like small groups are so important. And, and I think more than ever in, in the world that we live in, we need a group of people that we can do well in life with. So over these last few weeks, there are a whole, I, I've heard of so many stories of people that have been through really hard times in life right now. And those that are connected in small groups have received so much love and support. And those that have not been in small groups, I'm just going to be really honest with you, have really struggled. It's been really, really hard for them to go through different situations in life and, and has been really difficult for them to cope with that. And that's why I just think each one of us, we get to learn together, we get to grow together, we get to explore the Bible together, to worship together, share communion, and go deeper with one another in every area of our lives. And so if you are not in a small group right now, you've, you've seen that card that you filled out, but I just really want to urge you to say, hey, this is a new season. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that for the first time. And one of the things that we're going to be doing is running a central group that's going to be running right here in Feltham on either a Wednesday or Thursday. I will let people know by the time you, with the what's on email, so if you've connected, um, if you filled out one of our connect cards, you'll get that what's on email. We'll announce what night that's going to be on. So if you've never been part of a small group before, or you're just like, I'm finding it hard to connect with a small group, we're going to run a group here. I'm going to be part of that. There's going to be a few other people that are going to be leading that with me. So for five weeks, you can come in a really safe space, just come and explore that, um, being what it looks like to be part of a small group, and then we'll help you to take some next steps. Um, and I, I just sense that there may also be people that may have led small groups before. Maybe you've been in a previous church and you've led a small group. We, we really need more small groups right now. We need more groups for everyone to be a part of a group. And so if you're like, hey, I've done that before and maybe the Lord's just staring me to do that again, why don't you come and talk to me as well? Um, I'd love you to kind of be a part of that. So, so I guess that's just that we, we need to stand on firm ground. And these are the kind of things that are going to help us by connecting, going deeper on Sundays, by being part of small groups as well. And these are the things that I'm just really excited about as we step into this new season. Andy. Thanks, Rob. Do you want to stay here? Cool. So I'm going to very briefly close, and then we will pray. But I, I, hope, I hope the message has been clear. Just the... The encouragement that we feel, just that prophetic sense that we, that we feel to stand 
firm. Jesus has enough for us. He has enough for us. That The world is messy, but it's nothing that Jesus hasn't seen before. Remember what Ecclesiastes says, there is nothing new under the sun. There's nothing that he hasn't seen before. He has enough. I'm just going to close by reading that same text that I read earlier from Ephesians 6. I'm going to read it in the message version because I just love the way that Eugene Peterson has just sort of crafted some of this language. So would you just let this sort of like wash over you? Just the way that he phrases this. He, he puts it this way. Be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get. Every weapon God has issued. So when it's all over but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. You're up against far more than you can, get, can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get, every weapon God has issued, so that when it's all over but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. I don't know about you, but as I look at the world around us, that, I think that's my biggest prayer. <laughs> I just want to stay upright. <laughs> Nothing more complicated than that, you know. I just want to stay standing upright. I want to, like at the end of my days, I want to stand before Jesus and say, I did my best to stay upright. And I hope that what you've, what you've heard us share today is just the, the, just the critical importance of Scripture and our connection with others if we're going to stand upright. Amen? Amen. Amen.